0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the Wild Seven Podcast Network. Listen different. Now pay attention, 007, this is a semi-automatic machine gun. It is intentionally designed to kill people, and will most certainly lead to a jury of your peers finding you guilty on Murder 1. Do try to use it sparingly. Well, I'll give it my best shot. Oh, grow up, 007. Now, these... ...are highly volatile explosives that, upon use, would adjust your status from secret agent to outright terrorist. Well, then I'll try not to blow it. Oh, come off it, 007. Now, lastly... We come to this lunar laser cannon, which unequivocally profanes against everything for which the Geneva Convention stands. You could destroy the entire planet with this. Well, I always did want to go global. Honestly, 007... You mustn't let your buffoonery interfere with your professionalism. Now then, are there any questions? Well, there is one. Tell me, Q. Has anyone ever told you that you have the loveliest pair of... eyes? Oh, James, really? Q only lived twice. Part of Alpha Beta Gamma's Bond Marathon Weekend. In the Words of Alex Rogers, Episode 50 The Fictional Things That Keep Us Going. Tell me, don't tell me. I am seeing an audience, millions of people tuned in to me. That's what we're all thinking about, right? Uh, no, sir or ma'am, not at all. You self involved loony. Welcome back. My silly Billy Free willy friends, this is Alex Rogers, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. And what can I say? We are in tune way past noon. Hello! Hey! Here we are once again. I mean, how cool is that? Again! This is an ongoing conversation. It never started and it won't end. It keeps on happening again and again. So, come on in. Sit down. Before you do that, why don't you... Take off your shoes and scrape that shit off your shoe. That's a, that's a lyric that I love, in I think it's called Sweet Virginia, the song by the Rolling Stones. If you scrape that shit right off your shoe. Something like that. Very fucking perfect, like what, lyric that happens. Well, <clears throat> I gotta tell y'all, I'm, I'm in a pretty good mood today. What can I say? They happen sometimes. And I don't want to nauseate anyone here who's having a bad day, because I respect that. There's nothing worse than when you're having a hard time and someone else goes, well, I'm great. (laughs) You know? Um, And I've also, you know, I've been around this. I was going to say I've been around the earth a few times. Not quite, but I've been around the sun a few times to know that these things are indeed, uh, temporary. Sorry, I noticed that I have a very, it's like I have a lozenge in my mouth. Um, but yeah, the, these things come and go up and down, but, um, this week has been a little bit, I've been a little bit nicer to myself, I think. I think that might be one of the missing ingredients Throughout a great part of my life thus far Maybe y'all can relate And what does that mean Being nicer to myself this week I think Well for example Actually to be quite honest Yesterday um, I, got, I had a really good Very tough Boy I'm still getting my ass kicked Every time I go back to BJJ Or BJJ If we want to giggle a little um, man, it's, uh, and I don't like saying it's hard, but it, boy, does it require and ask much of me. And I'm in a room full of uh, a dojo, a space full of people who are much better than I. And if you hear a siren out there, folks, we are in DTLA, baby. Good old downtown LA. Shut the fuck up. No, you shut the fuck up. Oh, There's an old, in in Robin Williams' uh, special of his, in the early 80s, he says when the siren goes by, oh, there goes my ride. I use that all the time. I love that one. It's really, really, really good response in le moment. So, uh, yes, what was I saying right before that? Gosh darn it. Well, we're just talking about uh, the fluctuation of moods and how yesterday, okay, so it was a tough class. And then I had to do a bunch of errands afterwards, and just it was that type of day where just every street is impossible because you can't park because you're right there in the middle of this day's street sweeping, and it affects the entire city. And I was getting fed up and getting angry And then there were a couple other things that I was hoping would go my way that day, and they didn't. And then I just luckily kind of caught myself and was like, hey, 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 yo, 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 yo. I know you're off right now because your breath is off and you're getting testy. I know an indication for me when I'm starting to get off my stability rocker a bit is when I start to get very judgmental, and like um, scorekeeping towards strangers in public, I mean, how rude is that? I, I you know I start judging people I don't even know. Well, it happens. We all do it. And speaking for myself, that's often if I'm not if I'm doing something satirically funny, like in my cold opens, then I'll oh I I love slaying humanity that way. But when there's no bit behind it and the bit is becoming a bite, uh-uh. that's, that's where I start to go, no, 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 no. I can feel it. I can feel that something is off. That's right. Whoever honked out there agrees. You know what? You guys may not even hear what I'm hearing. So moving on. Um, I, I just was like, okay, what's going on, man? And sometimes if I'm lucky... This uh this older part of me steps in and he gives me that nice little split medicine of being very sweet and being charismatically in the tune of knock it the fuck off. Come on, man up. But in a non-castrating kind of way. I don't know. I I'm I'm happy to be tapping into this, and I think one little reason, I must admit, and I'm not going to plug the, the title of the app, because <laughs> until I start um, making some money off of uh, <laughs> these services, why, why glorify? Plus, I don't want to deal with any um, whatever, copyright, blah, 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 but I, I've been doing a meditation app, and I know, and I know, I'm, I know, I know, man, there, there, there are these good things that we all could and should be doing. And a small, loud group of people uh, have kind of co-opted these terms that we ought to be into, like yoga, gratitude, mindfulness, breath meditation. These are actually extremely important, but they've been so OMG. Hashtag grateful gratitude. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste, por favor. Solamente café. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, (laughs) I, yeah, they, these, these phrases get a little bit tiresome. But they're still good for us. And um, I know for me, if my breath is off, I'm off. So why don't you pop in a breath mint? Well, what I really mean is, you know, the the breadth of the breath. The actual scope, measure, and expansion of it all. Pranayama is actually the term. Now, see, that, I like to go full Sanskrit. If we're going to use terms, of course, even that gets... um, Well, namaste, that's a Sanskrit term, and that got completely hashtagified. Alex, what are you going for? Okay, I'm glad you asked. I've been doing some meditation practices. And as even I, and I like to think of myself as sort of a hippie spirit, I even get nauseated by the whole scene. And I'm like, meditation, go fuck yourself. What am I gonna do? Sit cross legged and like ignore reality with my eyes closed? Because that's what it looks like. It looks like I'm just focusing. I'm no, 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 no. that's a misconception. And I don't know. I've just been doing a few little minutes here and there, and I'm not consistent. I'm not about to tell you all that I'm doing something masterfully. Uh-uh. I've just I've been doing a little bit here and there, a few days um, of just sitting and kind of going, all right, <sighs> and just focusing on the breath. And I think because the thing that is, um, for better or worse. I have little trappings in my mind that like to sort of uh, intellectualize uh, things that shouldn't have thought behind it, because the whole idea of meditation is no thought. And then again, it's very permissive, permissive of thought. There's no punishment involved. They just sort of um, quietly encourage you to note that, and then gently go back to just simply focusing on the breath, as they say. But... I will say, and this connects into this silly phrase that I always begin the show with, with which I always begin the show, you never end a sentence with a preposition, even if you have a total inability to use prepositions correctly, Mr. Alex Rogers. All right. But I do understand that technically, in the moment of the now... This, this timeless zone in which we are here now, the only actual thing that is really happening, and I guess I should say that's happening to you, is your breath. Right now, I mean, assuming that you're just kind of sitting in meditation, at that moment, uh, I, I kind of now get that, like, the thoughts of the future and the past are really just, as Alan Watts would say, the wake of a ship as it passes through the water. Um, and it's, it is... I'm understanding that being attuned to the breath is being attuned to the now. And that's been chilling me out when my pulse starts to quit, quicken and my teeth start to bear and I start to gnash with bad thoughts. And I am noticing investing, and we're talking like five minutes, folks. Like five minutes of just, and, and admittedly, I kinda, it, it's, it's harder when I'm in the middle of work or if I'm out in public, driving, you know, this is a different situation. But once I finally park my ass home in some private space, I have been noticing that just kind of focusing on the feet on the ground and the breath going in and out, there's this thing where I almost get sleepy, but I just kind of keep up this deep breathing, and the next thing I know, um, when the app sort of gingerly brings me out of this, uh, I don't know, there's sort of like a waking up feeling, but like from a good nap, not the draining kind. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And, I don't know, something then happens where I underwent a process in lieu of yelling or freaking out or arguing or saying rude things to myself or other people. Definitely been interesting. And frankly, as I speak about it, I'm wondering, why don't I do this more often? Well, baby steps, folks. (laughs) See, you know what's up. And look, folks, I I, I never want to come off as like some sort of guru or recipe maker of what constitutes a happy existence, because boy, oh boy, do I keep messing that one up and figuring it out. A new from scratch all the dang time. I'm more just sort of uh, publicly sharing what I've noticed for myself is keeping me in happy zones. And I will say, boy, there's this one thing that I love, and I've talked about it plenty of times before, and it's a simple joy, and well, by golly, you might share it with me too. Which is, I, I just love being invested in a good series. Now, this could be anything. This could be a TV series, In my case, right now, this is also a book series. And Mr. I read, I read, I read. Well, you know, I also do audiobooks, uh, Storyscapes on the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Check it out. Um, But I also love listening to uh, audiobooks. Matter of fact, I I didn't even consider trying out narrating audiobooks until I fell in love with various narrators of... Audiobooks. And boy, is it a really fun way to absorb. And I got into this series, and I, I really need to thank Mr. Nas Red because he pointed out that this is uh, a, a somewhat somewhat famous and also, like just underground enough of a really cool thriller series. Have you guys ever heard of the Parker novels? If you haven't heard of them, you may have seen some of the film adaptations. So, as my friend Cardell Walker would say, trip this. So trip this. If you uh, have ever seen the film Point Blank with Lee Marvin, and if you haven't seen that, then you may have seen Payback with Mel Gibson, which is essentially the same movie. And, well... Stylistically different, but story-wise hitting all the same beats. And both of these films are adapted from the first of what I believe is a 24-volume book series of the Parker novels. This dude, Parker. And uh, the first book is called The Hunter. Uh, The author's name is Richard Stark. And what I love is the guy's real name, I believe, is Donald E. Westlake. And he was writing different kinds of novels. And then he decided he was going to open up for himself a new market, a new income of writing. Uh, And he was also going to give himself another author name, which I think is so cool. I love when the artist realizes that this part of their artistic expression belongs to a different name. It's still them but this part of themselves has a different name. Probably the most famous example is how Stephen King is also Richard Bachman. As I burp right here, I am so sorry, folks. (laughs) Richard Bachman right here. Um, But yeah, (laughs) his most terrifying novel, The Burp. Um, So yes, Richard Bachman is a side to Stephen King in which those stories must come out. From which those stories must come out. God damn it. Ah, these fucking prepositions. And I, I understand that most of you are like, get on with it. We don't give a shit about prepositions, but I come from a linguistic family. The only thing my mom was ever hard on me for is my use of prepositions. I've been scarred. Mama? No, I'm kidding. Of course not. Um. So yeah, there's uh the series Parker, and what's cool is they are time respecting. You know me, folks. I like a time respecting movie, i.e., ninety minutes or less. I like a time respecting novel too. Don't get I look I and don't go like oh you don't like long reads? Hey hey hey! I lived through every damning word of gravity's rainbow i read every godforsaken page of that wonderful frustrating psychedelic throw up of a novel and um no i really actually it it is fantastic it's a wonderful novel it also left me partially brain damaged but the point is i did all of that i've read it which i believe is like over 1100 pages same with the stand so like come on now i love me a big chunky brick of a novel. But I also like good, thin, time-respecting reads. Nothing really surpassing somewhere between 150 or 200 pages max. And basically, imagine Goosebumps. Y'all remember Goosebumps, right? Those books, that, that, that uh, thickness, which is, ain't very thick. Nice little thin reads. But these are adult reads. Matter of fact, even Philip K. Dick, some of his works are about these thin. And I gotta say, I've always admired the sort of like the Louis L'Amours, or even the Agatha Christie's who make these series of usually a recurring character or some kind of genre that they love. And they're just there's like upwards of 20 to 30 of these novels. Just back to back to back to back. Some some years, three of them were published that year, you know? And, you know, some are gems, some are a little clunky, some are all right, but some are iconic. And by the way, so Agatha Christie, her most famous is Hercule Poirot. I will find the murderer tonight. What I love about Poirot is he's always like, I was on holiday enjoying some far-reaching part of the world when there was a murder. And I very politely went around to ask people if they remember anything. And by the way, I'm sorry if this is... I know he was Belgian. He always made a point. I'm not French. I am Belgian. And I don't know if this is it. So uh, let me do Jean-Claude Van Damme as uh, Hercule Poirot. It would be like... If you don't tell me who the murderer is, then I will kick that one percenter's ass so hard that the next murder wannabe is going to feel it. All right, well, that that joke completely sank, but I'm going to keep it in here anyway for any of you who knew what I was going for there. But um, the point is, Hercule Poirot is not like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Parker is, however, a little more like Jean-Claude Van Damme. But before I get to that, what I love is that in a Hercule Poirot story, he's very polite. He will never, I don't think he ever strong-armed anyone. It would be like, did you murder her? I don't want to talk about it. Very well, I will return when you have come to your senses. You know, He's a very polite dude. Parker, let me give you an image of Parker. Now, Parker, by the way, he comes from a different time period. <clears throat> I understand that. Poirot and Mrs. Marple and some of those, and, and even Sherlock Holmes, they sort of come from like a classier period, I want to say, that early 20th century had a little sense of like, yes, we're sophisticated people, we're all out doing very sophisticated things, but uh-oh, sometimes the ugliest sides of nature come slipping through. Well, Parker is a straight-up criminal, and he does dirty-ass jobs. He is a mastermind of heists. He is the guy who plans out elaborate robberies, and he usually has a team, and he has to find reliable criminals like himself. He's a man of few words. He doesn't like to get emotionally attached to things, and he's also violent as fuck. And he, to cover any mistakes, has no problem murdering people and disposing of them. He's essentially the psychopath we can all get behind. Um, Total anti-hero. These books started in the early 60s. And if there's one thing I've noticed, it's like After you get past the 1950s, a lot of U.S. America is starting to show with greater focus just how depraved and weird and seedy this country can actually be. The sort of shiny veneer we may have been going for in the early 20th century, it's starting to rub off. Uh, do I mean that? No, no, no. Rubbing off is when you affect something. It's, it's more like starting to r- rub out. Uh-oh. Now you just said rub one out, and we're going to get in real trouble here for that kind of language. Uh, well, anyway, it's when that 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 uh, that glister loses its sparkle when you get into the mid-20th century, I want to say. And... um. So Parker lives in an underground world. Everyone he meets is also kind of dirty and skeevy and scheming. And um, the, the, the first story is very simple, and it's kind of an admirable tale. He gets fucked over by who he thought was a good friend of his and his, his former wife. And a heist goes wrong. They leave him for dead. He even finds his way into jail for a minute. He breaks away from, it's like a farm jail, and he like runs away and, of course, kills like the prison guard. <laughs> and then he goes back into the world stealing identity cards and creating a new identity for himself and then getting back in, and now he's on a revenge path to find the people who fucked him over. And he wants what's owed to him because he was owed a split, which I think is like, and it's something very modest, even for back then, Something like fi- somewhere between like 50 and 90 grand. That's all he wants. And what's funny too is it shows this like bureaucratic organization called The Outfit and they these are all dudes who are in this chain of command that he's going up and usually capping each dude that he encounters so it's like a video game everyone's getting a little bit loftier and harder and what i love is they don't understand it's like wait wait, wait a second what what do you want And he's like I, I want what's owed to me it's like 50 grand and they're like what what do you mean and to and this is from the movie payback uh, i think james coburn says like what My suits cost more than that. You must be joking. Like, they they think he must be after something outlandish for all this violence. No, no, no. He just wants what's simply owed to him. And so far, no one's giving him any straight answers or any straight deal. And it's a very reasonable deal. Just, I got fucked out of something. Oh, and here's, uh, I left out something. The dude who fucked him over in the robbery used his share of the money to get good with the outfit, to get, like, an advancement in their society. So, he... Once Parker takes care of that guy, he looks to the the outfit, the organization and he's figuring like, "Hey, dude, you guys owe me." Because someone's got to get me my money. All right? He paid you, that's not his money. Give me my goddamn money. And of course, it's this wonderful thing where they're like, "Um, we don't really well, we don't have any like paperwork to show that." So how do we know? And then so what I love is all usually the people who encounter Parker are, are unprepared for a dude who just and he dude he bitch slaps the shit out of people. I mean, he'll like he'll give you the one that slaps across your face and then come right back with the backhand to smack your nose on the second time round. He has no problem fucking giving you a crotch punch with his knuckles, winding you with a sock to the belly. He is rough and uh usually gets people to talk real quick he has no problem hurting you he has no problem killing you my god I got to one uh novel where this like dumb teenager fucks with their plans and steals their money and when they find him again Barker doesn't give a shit it's like no 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 you fucked me over you almost got us exposed to the cops and bam, I'm fucking kidding, he kills this kid, like, <laughs> he's brutal, and, uh, and it's that world where, you know, the, the dames are dirty, and the guys are dirty, and it's, it's, it's cool, I, I like these sort of, you know me, I like some noir, I like these kind of fantasy older worlds, Um, one that I did recently, you know, what's cool is, okay, so, A lot of these are about disillusionment times. So even in the early 60s, and think of it, early 60s, you're about to get into the Kennedy assassination. America is really starting to have this kind of like, wait, are we the good guys? So Parker has like no moral national feeling of patriotism. Like, I couldn't do this to my fellow Americans. No, 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 He doesn't believe in America. He only believes in the American system, which is, yeah. Give, give me my goddamn money and let me live my life. And he does that through robberies. Now, I will say he doesn't do petty shit. He doesn't, he he tries not to involve the innocent. Even when he robs a bank and there's innocent employees, he actually, it's funny, he's a man of few words, but when he's robbing people, he is silver-tongued. And he's like, hey, hey, it's all right. What's your name? Arthur. Okay, nothing's going to happen to you, Arthur. Just sit down. We're just going to take the money don't try any heroics, remember you guys are insured. This is just for us. We'll be out of your hair in about 5 minutes. Thank you so much, folks. You know, he like he <laughs> he's, he's smooth. And then of course he'll fucking shoot fools and break their bones and kill people left and right. I mean, boy, he's he, and and ladies love him. Every book he's got a new girlfriend. He's got a girlfriend per book. And uh although recently, so now I'm in I'm about 12, 13, 13 novels in. Now, you may think, oh, my God, 13. That's remember, these are thin reads. And also, I'm listening to these. So when you listen to a thin read, that's only about four or five hours. Technically, you could do one in one day. I usually do them about two and a half days. Um, and the most recent one I did, so we've now entered the 70s. The books I'm currently listening to, they were writ- they were written and published in the early 70s. And the, the one I heard recently was called Deadly Edge. This one, you know what's cool? I like when authors or filmmakers or any presenter of a story is seeing the trends of their current time, and it looks like Donald E. Westlake, i.e. Richard Stark, was noticing that the world was looking different for Parker and all of his friends because now we're about close to 10 years past where they start in the early 60s. And if you know anything about anything, the later 60s is like another planet compared to how America looks like in the early 60s. So there's this really cool, which I don't know, for me, Deadly Edge was the perfect welcome to the 70s and or or even just kind of rounded down to like late '60s through that early '70s. This is everything's on acid now, and if you aren't down with the scene and you're a little bit older, it's gonna really look like another planet. And the opening of the novel was kind of brilliant. You got Parker and a and a team of thieves, and they're on top of like a giant concert center somewhere in New York, some some big venue. And they're hacking through the roof with an axe. That's how they're going to break into this building. And the idea is because, and what, what's playing here is like this massive psych rock kind of scene where people are going nuts and there's, and I, I think it's kind of written with the idea that everything has, you know, those old light shows or those old weird psychedelic backdrops, all those splashes of color and everything that was going on at the time. And Parker and his friends, are all talking up there. And some of the others, they're saying, like, whatever happened to jazz? I mean, God, the music these days. What, what's wrong with these kids? So <laughs> some of these older cats are looking at the newer generation. And this, and plus, you know, and this is especially now we're in, like, the almost post, like, flower power is dead at this point, And we're looking at kind of, like, the wild side of things. I'm almost picturing that the group is somewhere between, like, The Doors or even, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It could be as outlandish as even, like, Roxy music or something. It's just, it's something that these guys don't get, but they're breaking into the head of it to take the money of, like, the, the concert tickets. So that is, I don't know, just a cool image that, like, they're almost like how a drug breaks into your mind, they themselves, the thieves, are like breaking into the head of the counterculture. And then later it becomes this um, really interesting, like Parker is usually a badass and there's definitely a lot of novels where you don't get a sense of danger. He's just, he's killing people left and right. People try something on him, but he's too swift. He's too strong for them. Deadly Edge is the first time where, like, the last third of that book, I was on edge, genuinely so, and it was a good reader. Oh God, the reader—I forget his name—but he had one of those like five hundred cigarettes later type of voices, you know, or like five million cigarettes. I say, just like this, just this, this really like boy. I I mean. I got a little bit of a rasp from my pot smoke, but this guy, I mean, this is goals right here. I mean, this guy was like, really, like, just had that voice. That was great. And um, these, like, Charles Manson level of, like, bad hippies, freaky, on too many drugs, on, like, a speed and acid cocktail dosage of insanity as we take people hostage and torture them and do fucked up shit because this is this is also the first time where you even notice as a reader that we're not just doing quick clean executions there's evil characters doing twisted shit and that i as i've you know done a little bit of research of the of the scene that was happening at the time yeah this was where we were really looking at like oh no no the whole '60s message is now out the window. It kind of looks like people with long hair and freaky attitudes are not always, uh, at worst, eccentric. They can get dangerous and deadly. And if there's one thing Parker will never be is a goddamn hippie. I mean, he. <laughs> the books are really slick. They feel cool but the protagonist is not one to adjust with the trends. In fact, he probably wears the squarest looking outfit ever and probably for his own sake cuz one thing he does know is don't ever be flashy. You keep that shit real low. Never get caught. Another funny thing too, there was one one of the novels is called The Score. By the way, there's there's so many novels that have the word score in it. But the one that is properly simply called The Score. They have a moment where they admonish one of the younger thieves like you don't you don't pay your taxes like no i'm a thief we're all thieves right why would i pay my taxes like you fool man you got to open up a fake identity and that identity needs to have a fake job and you got to pay your taxes are you kidding me you don't want to get caught by the irs for everything you've been doing that'd be nuts so it's there there are these cool moments where everyone has these like you know very reasonable sides to them and um you know, they're just fun. I don't like using the word escape. We, we always dismiss the fictional things that keep us going. We always go, eh, it's a fun distraction. Yeah, you know, it's a little escape from reality. Okay. But that that constitutes that, oh, no, this is an alternative way to enjoy the world. Otherwise, you must get very serious and very focused on... The true day to day living, not this nonsense that you put in your eyes and ears called literature. I beg to differ. I say that these are part and parcel to a happier existence. And I just, I don't know, what can I say? I love a good series. And I love a good kind of pulpy series like this. And a good time respecting read. Well, my friends, I think we're going to leave it at that. Now, gosh knows, we'll see how I feel on next episode. Hopefully it won't be complete 180 from this, but I'm, uh, I don't know, with a little bit of extended breath and some continued reading, <clears throat> we just might have a chance to keep myself in the somewhat positive zone. And I'm hoping all of you are finding whatever it is that's delighting you and... um just keeping you a little bit excited for the next big thing. I don't, you know, I don't even want to, I would never want to burden you all with, remember, you have to get your goals. and What are you looking forward to doing tonight? What are you looking forward to doing tomorrow? I'd like to keep it as simple as that for now. So I really hope you do have something that you're looking forward to in the next little bit. More to come. In the mean in between, thank you for your time, thank you for your rhyme.